Verdadores. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. At the end of each episode, I will be checking in with psychologist and fellow dad Todd Kettner as he shares his insights into parenthood. My name is Blue, and I am a Dad Without Borders. So great news to start with. Um, I found out that I've made it to number 38 in the Bulgarian Spotify podcast list. So yeah, may not mean much to you, but it's huge for us here at Dad Without Borders. Um, But seriously, uh, (laughs) it was kind of random and I just felt like sharing that. So there you go. Um, Okay, so today... There is a really open-hearted and honest conversation with, I'm going to call him Stevo um, from Invermere. And he's, who is he? So he's a husband, he's a dad, he's a cyclist, he's an endurance athlete, and he's a podcaster with My Back 40. So go check that out. Um, for Steve, as a dad, the struggle is real. And this is a really, like I say, an honest and open-hearted conversation. And I'm really grateful for him taking the time. So I encourage you to dive into this conversation. And by the end, we were in tears. And Todd Kettner, our professional of the day, has some really fantastic feedback at the end as well. So we get serious about trampolines, FOMO, that is the fear of missing out, and the curse of social media. Not sacrificing your identity. We talk about the frustration of getting kids to listen. We also talk about anger issues. And there is some, like I say, some great advice at the end from Todd Kettner um, around that subject. Um, So yeah, please enjoy. Uh, This was, I would really appreciate when dads take the time to talk to me. And when somebody is as open and honest as Steve as well. um, Yeah, I just have so much respect and and love for him actually. Um, And I'm hoping to do a follow-up conversation. So I really enjoyed this. And I hope you will too. So please enjoy. So let's set the scene. Um, where are you in the world and who's in your family? So uh, my little tribe lives in Invermere, BC, and it's myself and my lovely wife and our two children. Um, Sloan, my little girl, she's uh, six and Jasper's turning eight in a couple months. What are we, April? We're April. Yeah. Yeah, like six weeks, he's turning eight. So, awesome. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. They're in the fun zone for sure. Uh, super playful. And, you know, you can actually take them biking and do stuff with them, which is that's because my, I've got a two year old and a seven year old who will be eight in the summer. So, he's really great in the, in the bike parks and at the skate park and on trails now. And you can, I feel like I can really start adventuring with him. It's it's funny. My eight year old boy doesn't ride bikes. He he had a really dramatic uh, crash on a on a run bike right out in front of our house. And dude, I watched it go down. And and I knew I just knew that this was going to shape him. And it's it completely shaped him. And so now he won't ride a bike at all. He has no interest in riding bikes at all. And wow. uh, my my daughter is all in. She's just a wild child. She's all in. She'll try anything. She's 
very athletic and super coordinated. And um, yeah, I really feel bad about that crash, you know? Um, yeah, it just makes me What really happened? Sad. Like, it, it was just one of those things. You know what? There's this hill in front of our house and he's gone down it on his run bike a ton of times. And uh, he's a bit like, I think he's a bit like his dad where he just gets so distracted. I'm just like, you know, glazed out, just not really paying attention, just brain kind of off doing whatever. And he was cruising down this hill and I didn't understand why he wasn't reacting to the speed and he wasn't putting his feet down to break, right? And I was just like, put your feet down, buddy. Come on, put your feet down. And he, his feet were like an inch off the ground and he was going so fast and he looked up and he was going right for a parked car. And I'm just like, oh, fuck, here we go. And just, he saw it, he did a couple whoa, 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 speed wobbles and he pancaked just right on the pavement. And of Ooh. course, he didn't have, pad, of course, he had a helmet on. He didn't have any pads on though. And that might've, that might've changed the impact of, I mean, his emotional impact over the, over the crash. But when it went down and I was just trying to be calm. Okay, buddy, let's come on. You're going to be okay. We'll get you cleaned up. And you know, da, da, da. but he was just like, yeah, it, it completely altered his trajectory for sports. I think. Wow. Especially cycling sports. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you, but you got one in. You got the Sloan is in. Does he get Sloan's jealous in. when does he get jealous when you and Sloan are going off biking? He doesn't get that kind of like, yes. oh maybe I'll try uh, to get he's um I notice it in him. I notice he wants to uh well I notice it in them actually, especially now that they're a little older and I think that they have their own um they're starting to create their own values and their own desires and their own goals, right? So so when they see, you know, I want to spend some time with dad and then I see dad going riding with Sloan and then I come back and then by, by the time it's like, oh, well, it's bedtime, you know, we can't really fit that in. And then he's upset because he's like, right. oh, I didn't get to spend any time with dad. So it's but balancing, you, yeah, yeah, balancing the, balance, with the two, right? two kids who don't do the same thing. Like I, you know, I see families out there like, you know, and my wife doesn't ride bikes either. So I, I see, you know, families riding with, with both their kids on bikes and, I'm, and I, I'm like, it makes me kind of like, like, how could I not have built that at least, you know, because the way, the way our, my wife and I schedule is you know, she's working weekends. I'm work, sorry. Yeah. She generally works weekends and I'm during the week. So I have the kids by myself on weekends and it's like, okay, well, I have one who does, who doesn't ride, one who does ride, one wants to go to the beach, one wants to go to the pump track, you know, and it's just like, it's tough. It's really tough you, because so if, it's, yeah. If you're biking with Sloan, do you have something that you and um, Jasper, Jasper, Jasper yeah. that okay. you and Jasper can do? Um, well, he is artistic. He's smart. He's a builder, Lego, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, we, we do do stuff like that. He likes art and, and he does love being outside. Obviously the best investment we ever made were one of those trampolines. Oh, we are just having that discussion. It's, as of yesterday, don't. we're trying to figure out. You say don't? don't no, do no. It. I was going to say don't. There's nothing to discuss. Just oh, is that right? One. Yeah. But is it not yeah. the, um, is it not like a huge injury risk? That's what a lot of yeah. people think. It is. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dude, it happens all the time. It's like not nothing really bad, but well, I get hurt. You know, you're in there bouncing, especially when you have multiple people and the, the surface is weird. And I've, you know, hyperextended a knee a little bit or knocked did, skulls uh, with one of the kids or whatever. I don't know. I was just, we had fun. this conversation yesterday and I was saying that uh, we went to a trampoline park when we we're in the UK, me and my seven-year-old. And that's the only time, I gotta be honest, that I felt old. 
There's no doubt. <laughs> now, it's not the fun factor. It's the knees. Like, yeah, man. I was just thinking, wow, I just, there's no way I can keep up with my seven-year-old on trampolines. It's the first sport that I've, he's overtaken me. And there'll be many more. But oh, that's, yeah. I'm scared. It's a, it's strong lower body. And I teach them that too, because I see what happens when their knees extend. I go, knees bent, knees ready. Like, it's, it's almost a teaching uh, opportunity, right? It's like, well, you know, you know, teaching people or guiding people to paddle or climb or, or whatever. There's, you know, you don't just get in a boat and paddle it like i was talking about this to, with my uh, with an, a guest coming up yesterday about uh, paddleboarding stand-up paddleboarding it's super technical people don't realize how hard it is to paddle a, a, a board straight oh, i'm one of those technique. people i'm one of those people as a paddler that looks at the oh, stuff dude i just always kind of i'm not gonna lie i look down a little bit on the technique so it is technical i can imagine on a river it, it is oh yeah well a river that's different but there is a there's there's some technique to it the way you enter the water with the the paddle like the the level of the shaft and the angle of the the blade and there's things that you can do just even twisting the blade slightly you can you can alter the but anyway i went huh. off on a weird zone but anyway it's a teaching opportunity yeah so we're, we're in the trampoline and i see them and, and sloan gets it right away she's like get your body ready you gotta be ready all the time keep your core strong keep your knees bent keep your knees strong and when they pay attention to that it's successful but as soon as they do something weird or some little twist or something and then the it hits them a weird way and you just see them fold underneath. It's like, Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to watch from the sidelines, but I, I can tell you, we had this, um, well, it wasn't an argument. It just a discussion about the size of trampoline. Right. So Sage, what well, Sage is going 14 <laughs> feet. I'm saying we don't need 14 feet. 12 is fine. Yeah, Look at the size of our yard. But then she says to me, yeah, but I want to, but I want to be able to do a backflip. I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? I'm not getting on that thing. <laughs> so good luck to her. Um, Dude, you're say, you're get, saying 14 feet. Go big. Yeah, we, you know what? Last year when we bought it, it was right, actually right at the beginning, not the beginning, sorry, the, 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 the ramp up to the pandemic, right? We're lucky to even have gotten one because this is when like we stuff tried. went shut down. You couldn't get any, um, we couldn't get a 14 foot. So we ended up with a 12. And every time I'm in there, I'm like, oh, she got 14. <laughs> are you serious? Just, yeah, you know what? And actually, it would be safer, I think, because you have more space. So if you have multi, you're gonna have multiple people in there. They say one person at a time, and I have. You know, we fill we fill ours with you. balls, man. We put balls in ours, oh, and we whip nice. balls at each other and stuff. We have a blast in there. But um, it, yeah, it'll be safer. It'll give you more space if you have three of you or even four of you in a 14 footer, which might exceed its weight. There's a weight thing, but uh, gives you more space. It's gonna yeah, be go all, big, man. It's gonna be go all, the go parents, home. all the parents on that. I know, right? Um, hey, let's um, let's set the scene a bit further. Um, yeah. Let's see if I get this right. You've been married over a dec decade, right? Yeah. Congrats, by the way, because you, you you survived the two year mark. Because if you can get oh, past gosh. two years, that's not it's not easy. Sloan six, Jasper's eight. Um, your first kid, if I get my math right, you were forty two. Uh -huh. Yeah, because you're now fifty, right? So yeah, we're similar. Because um, I have my first <clears throat> thirty nine. I have my second when I was forty four. Um, and if I have another one, I'm going to be 46 plus, um, don't do, <laughs> don't do it. Right. Um, are you, I got, so I got a question. Are you conscious as an older dad? Cause I think before yeah. I had, when I had the first one, 39, I wasn't, I was like, whatever. I'm in my thirties, 44. We talked about it. I was saying, well, I'm up for it, but you know, I don't want to wait too much longer because I am starting to, but now that I'm in it. 
there's so many other dads in our age range in their sort of mid to late forties having kids. And I know people the other day, a dad was in his fifties. He's got two young children, the similar age to yours. And yeah, and now I'm like, it's not a big deal. I even took up skateboarding a couple of years ago. So I'm like, it's really in the mind. Like, what, how do you feel about being an older dad? Um, I'm very conscious of it more from, um, um, what it's going to be like, you know, when they, when they get older. And so if I'm, you know, in 10 years, Jasper would be like, well, he'll be 18, you know, teenager. And I'm going to be like 70, <laughs> no, sorry, like 60 math, math is hard. <clears throat> um, so I, I think about being an older dad, like to teenagers, um, right. and what that's going to be like. I don't know if there's a correlate. I, I, I think it's, <clears throat> seems to me a lot of people are having children later because they're more, more focused on, um, you know, travel and activity and um, getting out and seeing the world more before they, before they settle down. Like, I think the, the, the previous couple generations before us were very different. I think, you know, you've, it was, it was just our family dynamic, social construct was different you know, like say 50 years ago, where it's like, you know, woman stays home, has the babies, you know, dad goes to work at a shitty job he doesn't like for the rest of his life until he retires all old and bitter. Like we don't, we don't want that. Right. So I think a lot of people are having kids later in life just because, so they can establish themselves as humans before they actually pull the trigger. That's true. I wanted to, what do you think about social media and the FOMO <laughs> and the fact that we, there's so many things now you know, when I'm on Instagram, I'm like, oh, I want to go up that mountain or I want to go on that trip to the Bahamas or there's that surfing trip. And there's so many, I don't know, I feel like there's so many things that we're sort of driven to do now and expectations for our own lives that the thought of having kids is like, how the hell can I have a kid and, and affordability? I wonder about that. Like I hadn't, I was definitely not set up in a way to have kids before I was in my late thirties just running around and living the adventure. There's no, I had no savings and no money. Yeah. Financial stability, I think for sure. And to, to say that, you know, as a 50 year old guy, almost that I'm financially stable would be lying. Cause I don't think, I mean, this is the other thing, you know, when I look at my, my careers in my life, like I was, you know, pretty it kind of team leader guy back in the day, I've been an it manager, network admin and, and um, those are pretty high paying jobs, like fairly well paying jobs, but they, they were just soul stealing jobs, right? And um, what I do now is, you know, basically retail. I'm, I'm a retail guy, you know, just a shipper receiver guy. So I don't think you can ever really be financially ready to have a kid. And I, I, don't, I don't think they cost that much money. Um, obviously, you know, food and then all those kind of sundry stuff you need when they're young. But now that they're older, they're, 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 it's different. I, like it's... Totally. I think, yeah, when they're in their old age, you're right. You are so right, actually, about that. I felt the panic, I think, of financial pressure when having a first kid. But I think, I think when I think about that, I'm actually thinking maybe more about the home, I guess. You know, the idea of having a mortgage and having a oh. down payment and that stability of the house, maybe, yeah. than actually having a huge chunk of money in the bank ready to go. I think that cool. kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And we're, I mean, we're lucky. I, I can, especially now I consider, consider ourselves really lucky to own a home here in Invermere. And we bought it, what is it, almost five years ago? And especially, especially now, because now the market's going crazy and people are just Airbnb-ing their stuff. And it's just, it's just a weird 
thing right now. But yeah, social networking, I think it's been, and, and I don't really get into it too deeply on, on my podcast. I, I Sometimes I get into it, but I just find it can be really damaging. And especially depending on where, where you are, where your mental state is, especially like think like a new dad with a couple little kids, you know, who we'll, we'll probably talk a bit about identity because that seems to be a common theme, as you said, but you know, you're, you're struggling with trying to identify as like hanging on by your fingernails to your old identity, but then trying to learn how to be a dad while, while mom is kind of out either gone back to work or, or just, you know, taking a frigging break, which they deserve, you know, and, and you're, 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 you've got the reins of the family and, and then you flip out your device and you see, oh, dude, like, you know, riding here. And, and for me, it's like the, the call of the road and the gravel and the, and the long distance rides is, is strong in me. And it's like, you know, when I, when I see those posts, part of me is like, yeah, I'm stoked for you. But then also there's like, oh man, I just want to ride with you so bad. Right. So there's that, there's that struggle. And, and I think the biggest struggle, and I even still struggle with it huge is just to be present, just to be trying to block all that shit out and just try to be in the present moment because, and like I say, I've been working a lot on that because that's probably one of my biggest things. It's like being present, um, working on my anger, uh, um, just, and then learning how to be a father and trying to communicate messages to them in a way that's nudging them on the right path, but still giving them enough um, um, leeway to make mistakes and fall down and, and say and do the wrong thing and stuff like that. So it's um, back to that FOMO thing. Yeah, it's like, it's strong, man. And the only, the only way I use my Instagram account now is really just to propagate the podcast. Like I, yeah, I, I try to put stories on with the kids because I want people to know that, you know, I'm not only working and, and doing a podcast, but I've got a family and it's like, you know, the fact that I can, you can even pump a podcast out once a week is I, it's amazing to me because it's, it, it's a it takes a lot of work. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The, um, no, I think. Yeah, I, what I like about your Instagram account, and I don't, for me personally, the social media in the early days when I was separated and co-parenting, so 50-50 with the kid, for me at that time, all I could do was survive by going to work um, and then being present to my kid when I wasn't working. And so, and I didn't know many other dads at the time and no, nobody wants to like, you know, call the guy that's got the like toddler to, to bring him to the crag or anything like that climbing wise. So I was kind of like out on a bit of a limb for a while. And, uh, and of course the, you know, mums, it's much easier for them to create that community of mums. So I didn't know any other dads. So mm. I actually found Instagram and Facebook and social media in general, really helpful for me to, to maintain a sense of community because people, whether I would see them or not, they're still following me. They're liking things. They're making comments. Uh, they're enjoying seeing, you know, how I'm developing as a dad and how my kid is growing. And I did lots of fun, kooky stuff with him. So a lot of the Instagram stuff was kind of funny as well. Um, but now moving on from that with a family with now two kids, one's in the UK. I don't do Facebook at all. I have a Facebook account again for the podcast, same thing, but I'm not, there's no, there's an, a ghost account that I don't use. Instagram, I only use for the podcast because me and the missus talked about not putting the kids out there and our mm -hmm. little one. So now I'm really not there and I'm, I feel better for it. I got to say, because mm -hmm. I, same thing, it's the FOMO. All you see, all you see somebody out with their kid who's like eight doing some multi-pitch in the Valhalla's or something like that. 
And you're like, ah, why am I not doing that? Why can't I? How did they do that? How do they find the time? Or a dad with two or three kids who somehow has managed to get a week away in Guatemala on a mountain bike. And you're like, how the hell did you manage that? You must have the most understanding wife. So that's why I well, don't do it now. And it's, I feel better for it. I do. I do have an understanding wife and she does support my, my endurance endeavors for sure. And, and I do appreciate that. And I, I think, you know, we're, we're conscious of each other's free time. So I think it's important going back to the, the social network. The, the thing that you don't see on social networking is you're not going to see a picture of me laying face down on my bed, screaming into my pillow. You're not going to see me uh, sitting on the floor in a corner, weeping into my hands after I just had a horrible altercation with one of my kids. Like you don't see that. Like I'm starting to get emotional just talking. It's like, that's the part of, of social networking that, that I think paints this lovely picture of, of fatherhood for a lot of dads, which, you know, I don't know what their story is when they're not, you know, taking their kids out on big bikepacking trips and stuff, but there's the, there's the day to day that, that, I mean, for me personally has been very, very difficult. Yeah. And, you know, I've, there's been a number of times where I've, you know, I give myself a timeout. And it's just like, I can't cope anymore. And I have to go and uh, yeah, just fucking cry sometimes, man. Like I just, it breaks me down, breaks me down. And I don't know if there are any other dads that are like that. I hope there are, because then I'm going to feel embarrassed. But man, it's the, the struggle for me is real and it's tough. And especially when you're, when you're just, they just don't listen sometimes, man. You're just trying to talk to them. They don't, actually this morning, it, uh, there, you know, mom, 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 mom needed to sleep in. She's taking a college course. She's up, burn the midnight oil, trying to get assignments done. And she goes to bed. It's okay. I want you guys to, we'll just go upstairs and make pancakes, you know, be really quiet for mommy. Okay. So really be quiet, loud yelling, pounding on the table, you know, crashing around guys gotta be, gotta be quiet. And then I start getting intense, right? I'm like, guys, come on, you gotta keep it down. And then, um, they finally start keeping it down. And then I say, okay, guys, grab your, grab your cutlery for your pancakes. They get up and go get the cutlery. And I'm like, oh, you heard that? You heard that. You heard me ask you to go get your utensils to go eat food, but you didn't hear the seven times I told you to keep it down because your mom needs to sleep because she's tired. Like that stuff drives me crazy. I just don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. sometimes I think they have a filter. Like they just, yeah, yeah, dad. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, it's food. Oh, yeah. Well, holy shit. <laughs> Do they... Um, so when you're, cause I was six and eight, which is a lively age, right? Yeah. Do you, so do you have any, um, like how are you with boundaries and stuff like that? Do you like, does it run wild? And then finally you're kind of like, you know, banging the hammer down or are you like, how do you work that? Do you have a routine with them daily, day to day? Oh yeah. I think the structure is so important. I mean, I'm sure you know this as well. Like um I, I i've 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 seen I've, I've been around other families that you can tell they don't really have a lot of structure around their kids and and uh and uh it seems like the later it gets in the they're just nightmares right so when you let those kids stay up they're they're tired they seem like they have a lot of energy and they're not tired yet then they need they need to stay up it's like it's no that energy is that we get that we get that restless burst of energy when we're tired right and <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Totally. I think I think a lot of like that structure is so important. So um, we're very like, and th we have clocks for the kids because for a while they weren't, they were getting up at such a random time. So we got them a couple of those grow clocks, 
And uh, so the sun, you know, wakes them gently at a certain time. And that's been great for us for the, the wake up routine. And then the evening routine, we're very, we're very like, yeah, this time, you know, starting to get cleaned up, you know, brush your teeth, read some books, like really starting to, you know, sleep hygiene, really trying to ramp things yeah. down a little bit. And, and then in the day, I mean, on a weekend, yeah, it's like, you know, get up pancakes, cartoons, um, maybe a snack if they want, bounce on the trampoline now, go outside, work in the yard, walk down to the beach, like just trying to keep them going. Um, actually, my coach just reached out, Ryan Draper just reached out to me today and he's like, hey man, when you fill in your training peaks, make sure you put the type of activity you're doing, like cycling or da 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 da. And I said, yeah, well, they don't have a parenting one. So my, my whoop will go off when I'm bouncing in the trampoline, right? So it's like, it'll say, you did a workout. I was like, oh, I did? Oh, I was just bouncing in the trampoline. It's like, yeah, you good fat burning workout for like half an hour. So I report that, but there's no like parenting thing, right? And in, in the activity, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I try to, I try to play with them as much as I can, but like you say, you know, if I did a big training ride the, the day before and I'm just done, and my knees are wrecked and I'm just like, I can, <laughs> I can barely get out of bed. And then you have to play with your kids all day. It's tough. It, it's hard work. So I just, I get, yeah. I try to, I try to play with them as much as I can. And um, yeah. Does, and rough they, house, play, they need the rough housing. And do they play together? Well, sometimes. Yeah, like, I mean, they're close enough in age, but different. Yeah, I, me and my sister would, when we were little, but getting to six and eight, we were definitely drifting at that point, I think. Um, no, I think routine's really important. And um, yeah, a couple of things just popped into my head. I just heard the other day um, uh, the term sleep hygiene, which I think mm. is brilliant. And I haven't actually yet looked up any information online. I was working with an OT to help um, kind of improve my sort of home office space um, to avoid further injury and aggravation from sitting at the computer for so long during the COVID pandemic. But um, yeah, sleep hygiene, yeah, so important. And I think I'm with you, wind them down, bath, bed, and all of that kind of stuff. And they get into that rhythm, which works really well. And uh, the other thing I was just thinking of as well is and I'm not throwing the misses under the bus here at all, but um, our two-year-old reacts quite differently to me to, than to his mum. And I think it's just my tone is a little different. And really early on, I had this thing where if he wasn't listening or if he was um, in some way being unruly, but it wasn't necessarily because he was hungry or because he was tired. He was just kind of like, you know, pushing boundaries. And I would have this thing where I'd sit him down on sort of like the, the bottom step which comes into the main room so he can still see everything going on he's not in his room playing with his toys shut away uh having a good time he's actually can he he's not allowed to move and i haven't done it that much but i did it a few times enough for him to know that when he was pushing my boundaries too much and he wasn't listening he's gonna go and sit down so now i just say well you got a choice here you can mm. sit, sit on the step or you can and not to suggest you don't do things like this, but that was one thing I was just thinking how there's a little different reaction. So in the morning, if I want to sleep in, we take turns. Um, and so mum was sleeping in this morning. He's really quiet. He's really good. He's really quiet. Uh, <laughs> but you know what it is, though? He knows he's going downstairs to watch a bit of Peppa Pig. Right. But when mum gets up with him, I can hear everything. There's banging going on. There's like... Um, and it's just, yeah, he, he's been responding differently. And it might be just a phase, but it's, uh, yeah, it's tricky. Sometimes also he wants to scream. He was doing that the other day. And you know what I did? 
I was just like, he was at the table just making a lot of noise. And I was like, yeah, that feels good. I'm going to do it too. So we're both just sitting there at the table going, <laughs> just shouting. And then we both, we both got out of our system. Like we weren't falling out, but it was just like, I was like, yeah, I know what you mean. I was just like, yeah. let's just get out. Sure, we're at the table, but let's just, let's just scream for a second. And now we can That's come. So funny. Yeah. yeah. They can push your buttons. So sometimes it's... I meet him where he's at. And other times I'm like, that's it done like you go sit down and he's only two so I don't, I'm, I'm not too yeah hard, I know and I, I think I'm <clears throat> I can be really hard on them too and I, I forget that they're only two and I it's hard to put yourself in their in their consciousness to experience the world like you have to think back the way like even how just how amazing things are to a kid like and, and you know I think of you know we didn't have iPhones to play with I know maybe I'm taking on a bit of a tangent here but <clears throat> like the whole screen time thing, but can you imagine how magical it is to hold one of those things in your hand? It's like a four-year-old. I'm like, whoa. It's I pretty mean, tricky, yeah. That's a problem right there, right? That's, that's you know, leading to, you know, device addiction, which we can talk about at length, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, I always like the, the expression, just give someone enough rope to hang themselves. I mean, obviously that's kind of grim, but but like in, in a workplace or something, you'd, you'd want to empower your 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 staff to do as much work as possible to, to be, to, to create an effective team. Right. And it's like, I feel like with kids, sometimes you just gotta give them enough rope until something kind of goes wrong. You know, yeah, you, you gotta I agree. like, yeah. yeah, a little bit like, you, you know, like getting Sloan and she loves riding her bike and just like, you know, to, for her to ride her bike up to the top of the street and down. And we can talk about that too. Like the whole idea of, you know, when we were kids, we were probably just wandering around in the woods when we were six or eight years old, right. And near our homes. Yeah. 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 And we don't do that anymore. And it's like, it's one thing to say, you know, to for the other generation to wag their finger at us and say, oh, you guys don't do it. But when you were kids, you were outside all the time, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but you don't live in a little town like Invermere that whose population goes from like four grand to like 20 grand on a weekend. You've got all these strange people you don't know wandering around. You don't know who they are. You know, it's very, a very transient town. And I just feel like, not that I think that, that you know, 99.999% of the humans aren't amazing and would never do something weird it's a consideration like i grew up in a town this big that had no tourism right so it was just like yeah let them wander around like what's the worst that could happen you know yeah, where but yeah. in modern days it's a little different i think things so, have yeah boundaries. Oh, right. things have shifted yeah. but yeah no boundaries are good and i think uh you know there's an element of figuring it out and i think different kids react differently as well so there's that whole thing you know you say what works for one kid might not work for the other one um and so but let's go let's just go back to i just wanted to ask you like right at the beginning when you first first little kids coming out little baby land um did you take paternity time or did you have to adjust your work schedule to accommodate the kids in the early stages or was it mum stays home dad works like in the traditional sense well i took a month off um you know again we talked about kind of financial situation and it's like there'd be no way really to take any more time than that off um, of course, mom got her her maternity leave, which is amazing. You know, here in Canada, we're lucky that, you know, moms can take that amount of time off. And uh, yeah, I think it, it requires more time, actually, I think, for moms to be home just to raise, you know, good little humans. But um, yeah, I took a month off. And just to help mom, like, um, uh, my mom's, uh, my wife's a superhero, like, to, to watch the birth of both of our children and just... And for her to be able to do it 
naturally the way she did it no drugs like she's a fucking superhero man like it was crazy it was a crazy experience so you know was it a home birth no the first one um, jasper was born in canmore Uh, dr folk was our was our doctor and she was in bath and she was a very uh, naturalistic type um uh, she had a, a obstetrician or whatever but um so the, the way it went down to Canmore, there's just no one in the room. It's just my wife and I and a nurse, and she was off in the corner not doing anything. And we pretty much, you know, when when the show started rolling, then Dr. Folk would come in and she helped Jasper um, enter the world. And then Sloan was a bit different. We had her in Invermere because uh, Chris did such a great job um, with uh, Jasper that we figured, you know, probably go well again here in Invermere. But it was a different experience with a lot more people around um kind of fussing around and um yeah it was a little different a little different but um i can't remember even what the question was oh i took a month off yeah yeah um yeah so just to help mom because obviously there's a ton of recovery after something like that like that was that's an endurance race right there like just to to witness the the, like a human female like just endure that kind of uh um stress physiological stress on their body and then for them to come up the other side smiling holding their baby it's like oh my god oh, yeah. i'd oh. be crying be weeping in the corner oh my god so traumatic <laughs> yeah no doubt it's amazing. amazing it is an amazing thing to see yeah you absolutely and and to catch them did you catch your kids no i didn't in either case did you just hot potato like just this little pink just limp piece of meat it's just you're just like whoa i remember my wife when jasper was born she had to turn around she was well is it a boy or a girl because i was so awestruck by this this no doubt. human yeah. i was just like beside myself but you know held them for like you know 10 15 seconds and i was like whoosh they whisk them away and clean them up they do so, so it, it was really cool to be involved at that level it was awesome do you like so did you for a, for a while was it the case that mum stays at home and you're the one working like for a couple of years or like did you did the kid go to daycare like how did that those early days happen no and that's kind of why we're we're scheduled the way we are i think so um if i remember uh she just took her full maternity and then started working part-time on weekends so at that time i was roasting coffee so i you know i've always been for the last hand decade i've been kind of monday to friday guy so yeah excuse me i'm lucky in that respect but um no, she started working part-time. Um, we decided that we didn't, we thought it would be very, very expensive. Like Chris would have to work pretty much full-time to be able to get the kids in, in daycare, right? So it's kind of like this, well, she'd have to work and make this much money to do daycare, or she could work this much and we could be at home with our kids more. So right. that's what we did. I think the, the drawback to that is we don't get a lot of family time together you know, because we're just constantly flip-flopping schedules and, and um, yeah, so th- that's been kind of tough, but now, and, and, and I've always struggled seeing the big picture. It's like, it's not going to be like that forever. It's like that right now. And Changes I, just, I, I have a hard time remembering that. I'm just like, oh, it's going to be, you know, it's not, it's, it's when you're, it's like when you're in the trenches, you just think it's going to, it's never going to end. Right. Um, but then the schedule will change she got into college and now she's off weekends and and her her schooling is going towards you know the you know better family existence down the road and she's working hard now but there's going to be payoffs and so i I keep trying to remind myself yeah right anymore so it's 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 just like 
you know, single parents think, in, the, in the night. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, I think that's really important. It's something that I, I would say that's something I'm good at is knowing that in six months time, everything's going to look different. And then another six months time, I've always been good at that though, like looking way beyond in the horizon because the days are long otherwise because yeah. the months go fast actually but the days can like when you're in it like it can feel like a long time um, time goes so fast it's yeah, crazy how fast it time does goes. but in the day and, in the at the five o'clock mornings <laughs> it seems like the clock's slowing down and the tiredness is kicking in and you haven't had time with your partner on a date to do anything <sighs> for like months and we're actually yeah. getting to that point so do you do that because we've been talking about that and we've had a we had a couple a couple of ski dates together, but we're gonna make more of an effort, and we've been talking about it because I think it's really important to nurture the relationship as well, rather than wake up in ten years and you don't know each other. Like, do you guys manage to find time together at all? Like, even in no. the evenings? No way. Eh? Well, no, that's not true. I mean, <clears throat> that routine before it would be like, you know, the kids are down. You know, by eight o'clock, we we congregate in the in the, our little den and we you know watch some tv or whatever just to hang out together yeah but um you know birthdays stuff like that we often get someone to watch the kids but honestly for the last what's well, going to be a couple of years we haven't done any of that because you know we just want to keep our bubble clean you know with covid and oh yeah yeah it's, sure. it, yeah we didn't talk much about that really but that's that's just been um and now everything's exploding again so i feel like we're being contracted back into our little bubble again a little bit um just to try to because you know, you got. I gotta, I gotta stay healthy because I need to work, right? And and yeah. right now I'm able to work. So, um, yeah. Again, I feel like I keep taking us on these weird tangents. No, no you're talking about. Oh, no. The um. So so we, and then now Chris is in college, so it's like, you know, kids go down, she goes to work. She basically goes and does schoolwork, and then plus right. during the week she's fitting in work. So I might come home after work. She'll take off to work at the outdoor learning store, which is actually yeah. a, you might be interested in them. They're a outdoor learning supply store, like books and kits for kids to use for um, outdoor learning. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I'm going to make well, a shout out to right now. Yeah, Big yeah. shout out to what's the name of the company? Uh, outdoor learning store. Outdoor learning store. Okay, yeah. sweet. I'm going to look that and up. They're, uh, yeah. They're, they're doing awesome actually. But, um, so, so your, yeah, ship, your no, ships I, in the night, your ships in the night passing yeah. by, now, yeah. so it brings me to a question. Do you have any other family nearby that can look after no. the kids or anything like that? No. No, and that's been a really, that's been a huge struggle too. We have, uh, my family's in Ontario and her family's on the island. So um, us going back to Ontario, even for visits, it's just not even financially possible for us to do that. Uh, right. Family of four, I don't know what that would cost, like a few thousand, I guess. But can they come here? And they do, yeah, but... Um, now, again, since COVID, they're staying, you know, they're staying, you know, at home. And I'm sure it's horrible for them, right? They want to see their grandkids, too. And then we will go to the island um, every year. And now this year, we were even just discussing it this morning. It's like, I, who knows what's going to happen, right? If if the, um, you know, however many waves or what wave we're going to be in when that time turns around. But whenever we go to the island, I'm like, man, let's just move to the island. We've got family here. You know, it's, we love the ocean. Like I love the ocean and, you know, Chris grew up on the ocean. So, right. you know, it, um, <clears throat> so if you did that, but, potentially you would have people to look after the kids. Yeah. So that's a big thing missing is, is having that, um, you know, extended family around the kids. So a wise, a wise dad who is now a granddaddy 
um, a very youthful granddaddy was saying the other day to me, invest in a babysitter. He's like, just do it. He's on his third marriage. He's going to be, he's going to be popping up in the podcast in one of the episodes. But I thought that that was a good reminder to me, actually. And then we had that conversation. He's a bit young for that. And the family are often tied up, but we're going to make more of an effort to try and pull the family in to take him for it. Actually, having said that, tomorrow, that's what's happening tomorrow morning. Grandma down the road is going to take uh, our little one and we're going to go climbing and jump in the lake, do a bit of a cold water plunge, uh, just for something fun, something just for like two or three hours. It's so wonderful that you have family around you. Like it's because it's, it's, uh, it's free, <laughs> you know, let's be honest, it's free. And it's, it's also just uh, enabling them to connect with family members who are just different people, right? Just, uh, it's, it'll give them a better glimpse as to, as to, sorry, they're your wife's grandparents. It's my wife's grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. Also, so my, wife, my wife's mom. So yeah, his, uh, his Grammy as he calls her or Gabby. Right. So, so by hanging out with Gabby, then, then, you know, your, your kids get to see kind of where mom came from and kind of like how she was shaped and why her personality is the way that it's kind of gives them another layer of social construct for them to kind of process, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that's something really missing for us is, is not having extended family around and it uh, right. breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So on that, which, um, is a good segue to ask you, do you, in terms of screen time, which you mentioned, do you use FaceTime and such to connect? Because I've found that to be oh, a really, yeah. really great way of, of maintaining actually a pretty healthy relationship. Yeah, we do. We do do that. We do video chat, not as often as we should. Um, I just find that's something we probably should, should schedule as well. But both busy families, right? Like we'll call and they won't be around. They call, we won't be around or... We, we need to schedule that, but we do do that. We do yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. It makes me feel guilty because we haven't done it in some time. Well, so you know as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go and do it. <laughs> as you, yeah, as you were saying, I was thinking, actually, my mum wanted to, to FaceTime for Easter, but we just got busy. So Same. maybe I'll, we'll make the point, the point of doing that. Maybe after this, maybe we'll go call grandma after this. Grandma, grandpa. And I, and I often wonder what it's like emotionally for grandma and grandpa, because, you know, they, they love their grandkids, right? And, and they it must be hard for them to be so far away. And then also to like, I, I often struggle with guilt of like, I hope my parents don't think I'm not calling them for any reason. I'm a neurotic. I, I worry about everything, but uh, if they listen to this, it's, it's something that, you know, it's always on my mind, but then things just like you say, you get busy or you're just about to call and, and something explodes or, you know, there's always something. No, or when we, or when we call, they go crazy. They yeah, like little monsters, and it's just like, okay, well, this is not going the way it should. You know, I, you know, I found work has worked in the past. So I was really good with, um, and I'm sure my mom and dad will be listening to this, but I was very good at uh, doing the FaceTime or Skyping. It was at the time when I was co-parenting, so I'm on my own. And what I would find was really good for getting the young one engaged because he was only two at the time when I started doing that um, was to have him eating. Make sure he's sitting mm. at the table eating pancakes or something fun and, and then get a game or get do, do some drawing, time it right so they're interested to sit down long enough. But I found that, yeah, food time is great for um, keeping the kids engaged on the FaceTime. Maybe not six and eight, I'm not sure. But now with a partner and we've got, we're both working full time. So yeah, every, not quite every minute of the day is taken, but it gets busier. 
But when you're a single parent, when I was a single parent, way easier to schedule that in regularly because I kind of needed that extra support from a distance. Mm. And actually, yeah. Skype helps because actually they're so engaged for maybe sometimes an hour and you can be doing the other chores and things like that mm. while they're staring at the screen. But in a good yeah. way. It's, it's not in a good way. Yeah. But it's like, you know. I was just going to say you're a very uh, you're a very thoughtful dad. I mean, you know, I, I, I think I lack some critical thinking skills, but I, I like your approach to like, I don't know, man, Thanks, I feel buddy. like I'm flailing. You feel, I, I get a sense that you really got your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, hang on a minute. This is going, going through separation, divorce, yeah, co-parenting, repartnering, another marriage, another kid. So yeah, it's just a lot of yeah. life learning. I've been, I was, yeah. yeah, to be honest. I was going to say that's even more reason for me to feel the way I feel about your, your skills, because you, you know, despite having gone through so many, so many challenges, you've, you've been able to kind of really focus in on, on techniques to make it's your been, dad yeah. life easier. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not, it's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey, put it that way. Mm. But you know, what it has helped me actually. And I, I am grateful for this is my life experience um, in outdoor education. That's really helped. But you know, another thing too, and this is partly the separation divorce thing, is I've been to counselors, you know, and I've been mm. psychologists and I've sort of been, I haven't read any books, literally no books, uh, look some stuff up online, but really just looking around me at how people are doing things. <clears throat> and then, yeah, I, honestly, I think the outdoor education was a big piece of it. I think that really helped me with a few tips and tricks of, um, and not working with the younger kids, but even the older ones, but like, knowing distraction tactics, knowing how to shift the energy really quickly. So mm. they, you distract them from the meltdown they're about to have. Um, and I think naturally I'm, cause it works really well for me. I like structure. Um, so I know what's happening. So I like nap times. I really keep close eye on like, you know, food times and when they need to eat, because if my kid melts down, I kind of melt down a little bit. And I found it, I find, oh, it yeah. hard. I find it really hard. So I do everything I can to avoid that happening. And, and now I'm kind of a much more relaxed dad in that sense, because I've been through it once anyway. So with the, uh, we've had a five-year gap and now I've got the second one. So I've had that time to sort of like uh, get back a bit. The, the gap has been nice. So I can't yeah. imagine what it's like to have kids that close together. Yeah. And you're, you're training, you're training on the fly. You're training with your older one as to what you're going to do with the younger one kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, it kind of works yeah. that way. Yeah, I think the, um, <clears throat> what did you say there that resonated with me? It must not have resonated because I lost it. <laughs> so, so gappy sometimes. It's going to come, it's going to come. Um, what's about? Uh, Two kids, learning from one. Damn it. Oh, yeah, like just, it's funny how, um, I don't know if you, if you feel desperate when you, when you break down, like when you say your kid breaks down and then, and then you break down, like, I just, when I envision that situation, I envision myself like breaking down and then like, does this make you happy? Does this make you happy? How about this? How about this? Try this. Is this going to work? And it's like, it's, it gets so frustrating because I think for some men, we just, we just don't know how to, how to ease their pain at, at that given time where moms just have this skill, like, like you were saying, the, the instant change in energy. I'm going to take that away because if you're pay, if you're paying attention, which if you're present, which is sometimes hard to be, and you're paying attention, you can actually see the things starting to happen. You can see it cascading. You can, and yeah. The only the, the strategy I have, which isn't the best, is I kind of have a one, two, three, and then I'm out. 
So if things are going crazy with the kids and I, I try to catch it and things are escalating, I'll just walk away. I just walk away and, and that, that, because it's like giving myself a timeout and I probably don't do it enough, but because, you know, like I said, maybe in our, in our banter at the, at the top of the show, it's, uh, you know, one of the things, and you mentioned the therapy is, is I think therapy is still important depending on what you're struggling with at any time. And I started going to therapy, um, you know, I dip in, it's not a regular thing for me, but just to find strategies of controlling my anger and my frustration. And, <clears throat> and uh, because, you know, there's been a couple of times where there's been an outburst and I've seen, I've seen their, their face and it's, they're, I'm scaring them with my anger don't hit my kids we don't hit our kids we don't punish them that way um and I never have and but just sometimes you just get so mad man I get I, so know, angry and but, and I just I'll walk away and oftentimes the kids will come to me and afterwards because they said well that's weird daddy just walked away and then they'll come and they'll 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 gingerly what's going on daddy and you know I can talk to them I can say you know what this is what's going on. You guys, da, 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 you're fighting all the time. We can't find a solution, blah, blah, blah. I can't deal with it. I walked away. And then if you guys want to hang out with that, and I'm totally down with hanging out, you guys need to stop the fighting. And I know my girl's only five, but um, I don't, I try not to inf is it, and infantilize them. Is that the right pro the word I'm looking for? I try not to go, honey, you're not listening anymore like I don't I don't I can't respond like I can't communicate with them that way so with my boy I find he's he's old enough now where I can go dude you're eight years old why are you acting like this why are you doing that to your sister you know she doesn't like that like stuff like that you can reason with them a yeah bit, yeah a bit more yeah. maybe that sounds like I'm being really hard on them but no you know what? I, I I really want to communicate with them I think it's really I think what you just shared is really great you know that you have that feeling coming up like there's an, a level of emotional intelligence there and that you're able to walk away because you can feel that feeling come on and then have them come to you and they can understand they start to understand emotions they understand like the impact that they're having on people and also how you're going to react and they don't want you to be feeling that way you know they want you to be a happy dad they want you to be hanging out they don't want to be, you to be mad with them or anything so i think I think what you just shared is really great. The fact that you can acknowledge that. And also, and I'm with you, like I don't go to therapy all the time, but every now and again, because I need a new technique or, um, yeah, I don't know, I haven't been for a while, but you know, it's, be, it's nice to be able to go and check in with a professional. I think doing that work on ourselves is so important to be able to show up to our kids in a way that's meaningful and authentic uh, and isn't going to hurt them. It's going to help them grow and develop. Because we are human. We can't pretend we're not, I don't think. But I wanted to share a couple of um, energy shift stories with you. Really sure. Please. Just little ideas. There's a couple that happened, happened this week. Um, so one is, because you talked about seeing the whirlwind coming or the like, you know, the, uh, whatever, however you want to th think about it, like the, the car crash. Uh, <laughs> the two-year-old about to get in the car, go with his mom to daycare. And the, the evening before, I had walked with him just before I thought, let's take the dog for a walk. He's just come back from daycare. Let's just have a little connection. We'll walk around the corner and about a block and a half away on the edge of town is the um, fire station. And the fire trucks are outside right now because of COVID, I think. So we went to go and have a look at them. So in the morning, he's about to go to daycare. You could see it. 
he was just about to spiral because he was you could see him like he wanted to see the fire engines and like i really had to like quickly shift it and i think all I, it was really simple but I just like i went over to him because i knew it was going to happen um mum's trying to get him in the car and i just scooped him up and i just was really softly saying to him hey you know what we can do after daycare we can go walk and we can go check out no sorry i well, no that's what i said to his mom i said hey look mum can drive you to see the fire engines because it's on the way out anyway it'd take a you know one minute to drive down this little side road to see the fire engines and he was so pumped he's like i'm gonna see the fire engines i was like yeah, yeah just it'll be a really quick you know turn around and mum can take you so that got him in there and then the other one that happens with him like it's so simple but instead of saying you've got to get in the car now you're going to be late mm. like no no sure you can see the fire engines we just can't walk there but mum will drive you there right now um and then the other one was he's got this thing about ravens. I like to, he hears birds. He's like, oh, dad, I can hear birdie, birdie. So I've been building up the raven as being a magical bird and he gets really into it. So a few times when we're trying to get tease him into his, um, he's quite stubborn, our two year old, <laughs> tease him into his chair to eat. And, you know, mum gets frustrated. I get frustrated. And it's like, no, scoop him up and be like, hey, so we see if there's any magic ravens outside. He'd be like, yeah. And so you take him there, you look out and you look for a minute and then you put him straight in his chair because you've shifted that energy. Instead of him being like, no, I don't want to. You've just kind of changed his head. And now he's thinking about something else. And then boom, he's in the chair. So I do lots of things like that that really help. I mean, he's a toddler. So six and eight is a little different. But, um, but any energy shift like that. And um, Jacob, who was the last one on the, uh, this week, this episode, I don't know if you listened to it, but he was saying even just getting the kid to run around the house, just do something different. It takes their mind off whatever it is that's frustrating them. So it takes you both out of that moment because it gets frustrating because you want the kid to do something and not going to do it. So rather than keep being there, it's like, okay, let's just do something different for five minutes and then we'll come back here and it'll be easier because for whatever yeah. reason, I don't know what the science behind that is, but it works. Well, I think it's just, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense to me because you, it's, it's like magic. It's like distraction. It's like, Oh, look over here. Look at the squirrel. Look at the squirrel. And then, Oh yeah, there's a squirrel. That's cool, man. But I, I just find with my kids, it's like, hey, why don't we hey check out the deer? And they're like, no. <laughs> they're, they're too old for that shit now. They're just yeah, like, totally. No, you're trying to distract us from what we really want to complain yeah, we, about. Yeah, <laughs> we, we see what's going on here, Dad. Yeah. I mean it's, and again, no, no one technique is gonna work the same for all the kids for sure. But but energy shifts in some sense, yeah, I really yeah, I was talking, like I said last week to Jacob about that, um, which is really fun. Um, so I just wanted hey, to add, if I can on, add to yeah. that, you know, it's, it's just like, and, and I know everyone, you know, mom has to do this, dad has to do this, and the two kids have to do this. They need to learn how to manage three different relationships with three different people who are three different ages, who have three different backgrounds, you know, like just, just like mom and dad come from our parenting background and the way we were treated and the way we were raised and and then we're trying to, you know, teach our kids kind of the ways of, of the human. And, and then they're trying to manage all these personalities. And I think that's the hardest part. When you start having kids, you know, now it, it's pretty, like when, when I sit back right now and just think of the space I'm in right now, I've got a house and there's three people upstairs. There's three human beings upstairs, right? All different humans, you know, like we've doubled our, our population, right? And in the course of eight years, we've we've doubled our population in the house and um, it's just a constant shift. Right. So it's like these kids need to learn how to relate to us and 
to their brothers and, and to mom, and then also try to reconcile how the differences between moms and dads and how they parent differently. Because even though consistency is so important, realistically, I mean, I think at a very high, say, base value level, we parent the same, but the way we approach to get to those different levels is different, right? I For think. sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's an interesting point. You're right. They do have to, there's a lot to navigate. Um, but there's another question I really want to ask you about identity. Cause I feel like this is something that you've mentioned to me before. So like how, I mean, first, how do you identify and like, how has that changed being a parent? Like if you, did you feel you it's lost hard. your identity for a while? Yeah, I think so. Because even you think about when when you when you're single versus when you when you partner up you um your your identity shifts a little bit to manage the relationship with this new person that's in your life right so um um sorry i just lost my train of thought again so, dude i'm doing that a lot today hey you need another coffee um we're talking about identity but no what right I, right so let's start with this question how like so i used to identify as the sort of like dirtbag climber living in the back of a van and then sort of you know i had this adventure tourism business yeah. now that that shifted hugely when i had my first kid now i i know of you through your community with the podcast that you do and your instagram as the sort of long distance mountain biker and in general like a biker like that's like, yeah cyclist. is that fair yeah. to say cyclist yeah yeah i do identify very strongly as as a cyclist I don't, i'm not sure why i've said this before but i feel like um, th actually, this will this will ring the bell. I think for why I feel this way. But um, when when I'm on my bike, whether it's for two hours or for 24 or for five days or however many days from racing something, it's the only time in my life, in my current life, where I feel I'm fully in control of everything. I'm in control of everything. I'm in control of how fast I go, if I stop, if I eat, if I poop, if I where I'm going to sleep. I'm in control of all of that. I can control that, and then. Um, then suddenly you're in managing those three relationships again. And namely, you know, you've, you've successfully probably managed a relationship with your wife because she's still with you. So you're really trying to manage the relationship between your kids, right? And, um, and that means there's, there's just a lot of sacrifice, right? So, and you can't control that. And I think that's not, you can, you can barely control the kids, the way they think, the, what they say. Like you're just constantly trying to teach them. You're always teaching them. So yeah, your identity slips away a little bit. And I think for me, cycling is such a, a accessible, convenient thing to do that I've really been able to still maintain that, my relationship with, with what I think I'm an athlete and I ride bikes. And, and for me, I stay fit because I want to look good for my wife and for myself. You know, I want to stay healthy. I want to live a long time. I want to also set an example for my kids even though jasper doesn't ride bikes he sees my passion for this activity he probably can see how there's a mood shift when i come home from that you know and then sloan it's 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 inspired her she likes riding with daddy and 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 that's that's fantastic as well and i think that you can't give it all away you can't you, you've got to maintain some semblance of who you once were even before your wife you know what i mean like you have to you know we have to maintain who we are and try to show our kids that yeah we're all different we all have different passions and different experiences and 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 me me going away for five days sometimes in the summer 
um, is it shapes me and it allows me to grow because even though I'm 50, I'm still growing and I'm still learning and I'm still, and so I think that's, that's why it's so important to maintain a little bit of identity is just as an example to, to your kids. Yeah. And, and my dad was like that. Like I remember yeah. my dad, he, he was running, he would be cross country skiing, you know, after a back injury, he was walking all the time. That dude, he's 70. How old are you dad? 75, 76. And the dude's still walking like five miles a day. Like he gets after it all the time. And, and that's why he's in such a good shape. He's a fit dude and he gets after it. So he's inspired me. My mom was the same, super active. Yeah. You know, they were always playing tennis or doing their individual things, but they always had an activity or a quote unquote sport, if you will, to, to, uh, we, we need it. We need our own passions in order to just totally. burn off the creative energy and whatnot. Right. So you so, sounds to me like you've managed to maintain that. Or did you lose it for a little bit in there when, when the kids were really young? A little bit. I mean, a little bit. It, it, um, I think what changed mostly is how I identified so strongly as a cyclist, but it became so difficult to do because I was so tired. Right. You know, which you can relate to, especially when the kids are really young. For sure. It just, um, yeah, yeah. You can, I wish I had my, I wish I had my whoop back then, honestly, to, to, to just show like how difficult it actually is, the amount of strain parenting is, which I see now currently, yeah. but, but um, yeah, you just, just have to you have to you, you can't you can't sacrifice all of your identity i think it's just really important to hang on. so yeah back in the early days it was tough because you know trying to trying to take care of uh, mom the best way I, I i knew how and even then like when the kids are young i think dads are so useless i felt so useless did you oh dude i felt i mean other than you know cooking and, and you know i cook and i clean you know i'd, I'd help and laundry and do all that stuff like in terms of with the focal point of being taking care of the kids i just i just felt like you know because you know they're there's they're bonding with mom so and, and i would hold them and i don't know man like i said i was fumbling right just fumbling trying to make my way through fatherhood and i see my wife is just like she's just on it it's like she's just it's so innate it seems so do, to, so to the women couple thought i got a couple thoughts that do you um one thing i want to say i think i feel now, I don't, I don't know well, you well enough to know this. I feel, like, yeah, right. <laughs> no, but um, I feel like you're a little hard on yourself because, oh, yeah. Because I think sometimes you just have to be that rock, the steady rock that is doing the laundry, doing the cooking, doing all the chores. So mum has space to do the parenting piece. And sometimes that might switch around, but sometimes that's what we do. Like we kind of bounce back and forth. Mm. But even just the steady kind of anchor rock. I think is really important. And it sounds to me like you had, you, you know, you were covering some of those bases there. Um, but the other thing too, is do you find yourself like just supporting mom? Like, does she kind of, if, if she's really like you were saying, snap, 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 she's got it. She's on top of it. Do you just feel yourself more in the supportive sort of role and trusting her parenting instincts? Oh yeah. I always trust my wife's parenting instincts. I mean, honestly, it's, it's most decisions around parenting, I think, are, are hers, I, I find. Um, uh, and I, I just feel like sometimes I'll say, well, why don't we just do this? And then she'll say, well, you know, A, B, C, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you know, I, I admit it. I admit it. So, I mean, in terms of support, I, I kind of, I never use the blue pink job around the house. We're not allowed to use that term, but it's like, 
I, I want to take the role of, you know, I'm a good cook. I like to cook, even though the kids hate everything that we make. It doesn't matter what we make. Well, hang on a um, minute. You make pancakes regularly. Do you? Dude, not? like, I don't even eat the fucking things. I don't eat that stuff, right? So I, I make them food. I haven't had anything to eat today yet. It's 11 o'clock here. That's just, I don't eat pancakes. I don't eat flour. <laughs> So but they're, that, they're these little furnaces. But yeah, you know, I, I want to do I want to do those things like that's been, you know, when they get older, and I think about Saturday mornings, it's like dad making pancakes, dad always made pancakes, you know, that's just exactly, what we did. That's we watch huge. cartoons. And yeah, yeah. So you're right. I am really, really hard on myself. And I'm high in neuroticism on the personality spectrum. Very, very. And that's a lot where the therapy came from. And that's a lot right. where the where the anger stems from, because I, I feel like I'm never doing a good enough job. I'm, I'm you know, I'm failing this, I'm failing that. I just feel like that all the time. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, from everything um, you said, you're not fla flailing at any of it. You're just doing what I think is really important, which is growing, continuing to grow as a person, as a parent, yeah. because really they, they will see that. It's like you walking yeah. away from them, right? Like you yeah. know, maybe you didn't always used to do that, but you know, whatever with friends and things, but certainly it sounds like you're growing and you're learning through that experience. Oh. Like it's, it's, it's constant positive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it, this is, this is something I heard and I wish I could cite it correctly, but it's like, I'm doing the best with what I've got. I've, I'm doing my best with what I've got, where I am. I'm doing the best that I can right now. That's, that's all I can do. And then that, that's why what, what I get, what I beat myself up about is when, when I'm, when I'm not doing my best and I, I know after I haven't done my best that I didn't do my best, then I beat the shit out of myself. Because I know that every it just seems like there's so much pressure on on parents, but so much pressure pressure on dads to to make sure you're not fucking your kids up, right? Just to make sure that you're not sh shaping them in a negative way with your own behavior, which we're all still working on. You know, like yeah, man, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of pressure. I feel maybe like. maybe uh, you know I like that uh, my well my my partner's better at this than me. I will join in sometimes, but um, she has a dance party sometimes in the mornings, which is what Jacob, the, the dad on the last show, I forget which episode, but he was saying he was, he was doing that when the kids were young. It's like every morning, just like put music on and just get crazy and dance around and just kind of like bring the energy up as opposed to starting the day with the kind of like the grumps and the groans. You know, when you're going for the coffee and you're just kind of like, oh, here we go, another parenting day. Like, I really love the idea of like dancing in the mornings. It's great. When we I do it, you. it's great. And the kids love it. Jacob sounds like a morning guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sounds, ask him. That sounds like the last thing I want to do in the morning. <laughs> i tell you what, it's not easy uh, sometimes. But again, dude, for, no, for me, it's like the, um, the outdoor educator, right? Because you're camping seven o'clock you got 16 kids around your tent. You just can't, you learn just to like snap into it, but it's not easy. And it's not easy on a Saturday. That's for sure. Um, hey, listen, how important has your podcast been? It's like, how have you managed to you find time for that on a weekly basis? How important is that for you maintaining your identity and connecting with your community? So the podcast is connecting me to this group of people who are uh, with a similar mindset, which I think is really so, important. So let's name drop the uh, podcast, which is My Back 40, right? Yes. So it's funny too. My Back 40, I, I've gotten a couple comments. It's like, so it's about people with bad backs over 40. So the term My Back 40 means the, the back 40 acres of the farm. So when I say 
oh, I'm going to go ride my back 40 later. I'm going to go just do the local trails in my quote unquote backyard. Of course, my backyard is this tiny marble that's, that's floating in space. That's my backyard. So I just want to talk to everyone about um, just endurance athletics and training and, and nutrition and performance and, um, you know, pushing limits and mental health benefits of move, movement through nature and stuff like that. Just like talking to interesting people, right? And I think having these conversations, like the conversation we're having right now, which is intensely enjoyable, Blue, thanks so much for having me on. I think it just it just feeds something for me, like being able to talk to you know another dad with a similar mindset, and you know we can learn from each other. I've learned a lot from you today, and then also people I talk about talk with on the endurance level. You know, I'm, I'm an aspiring kind of amateur endurance athlete myself, and. I'm constantly learning and I'm learning how to take better care of my body and how to recover better and how to sleep better and, and learning about other experiences and, 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 um, and just talking to people of a, of a similar mindset. So that really fulfills that need for me of having these deep, meaningful conversations about stuff that I'm really passionate about. I love and, that. Thanks, man. And I think that and something I've learned in some, I know you don't read a lot of books. I don't, or sorry, you said you don't, you don't read much, but I've been listening to a lot of books. So I, I have an audible account and I listen to a lot of books. And so I, it's been helpful. I don't listen to a lot of self, self-helpy stuff, but um, just, we're just constantly learning, right? We're just constantly learning something. And, um, and then I, I like learning and then sharing and sharing my experience on the podcast as well. Like, oh, I've changed the way I eat. And this is what I'm experiencing. Or I think that's brilliant. So how long, have you been do- how long have you been doing the podcast now? Um, <clears throat> about 13, 14 months now. So yeah, I started um, March last year. Is that right? February last year. What I was going to say is one of the books I read was, uh, I don't know if you're a Jordan Peterson fan, he can be a very divisive man, but the 12 rules for life. And there's, there's something in that book that's basically in terms of just pursue something you're passionate about and work hard at it, right? Because if, it, if it's something that's creative and it gives you meaning, you fulfill that bucket in yourself as a human, like just as a human. And that's what starting the Bike Pack Canada podcast did for me is it enabled me to be creative, you know, like I produced a little bit of the music for it. And I, I get to, like you said, or you, you would acknowledge that I said, it's kind of like art because you're forming a conversation and you may be adding music and intros and outros and you get to shape the audio and it's it is kind of artistic and you're trying to present it to people in a way that they enjoy like a painting or or a photograph right something that's enjoyable to their ears really interesting conversation so so by having that creative outlet um is i think that's just huge yeah everyone needs something it doesn't doesn't like audio an instrument uh learning how to draw or you know those adult coloring books they're they're super rad just some some something that's just totally creative where you can create and something that comes from inside you kind of thing to get it out of there. I don't know. Yeah. It's a really good Makes point. Sense. Yeah. And I love that you called it. It was a conversation we had the other day. Yeah. That you called it art because exercise is really important, but it's not mm-hmm. this. It's important to have the social aspect as well, but yeah, the artistic side of things is fantastic. Um, That's what I'm missing is the social. Like I don't, I went for a ride with my buddy Rob there a couple of weeks ago and it was the first time I'd ridden with anyone forever I am, i'm always by myself and that's where i read or listen to books because if i go for a two or three hour ride in the dark you know i'll listen yeah. to a book or something but yeah but, I, I, that's something I mean, that's it's, missing is, is, a, I, is a is a tight camaraderie with friends yeah 
I do. No, I'm the same, actually. And I, th- I have to remind myself as well, or maybe this is an excuse, but there has been a pandemic, although there's still things you can do outside and things. It's just hard to like to chop up the week in a way that, yeah, that I get enough time to do that as well. Because you're right. I miss the camaraderie. I mean, I have a really awesome partner. We're like, we have a good laugh together as well, but we still need time to go and spend with other friends. Mm-hmm. And, but I think you have to be mindful about all this stuff, right? Like you have to put the eff- the extra effort in now as a parent, I think, to, to find that time for yourself and for your activity and for your arts and for your friends. I mean, it goes on. There's such a long list of things, which brings me to um, one of my last questions because I can hear my little one down below starting. <laughs> oh, no, no. I know, yeah, it's the witching hour, the morning witching hour. Um, yeah. But with your podcast, you're talking about nutrition and fitness and, and all that. So it sounds to me like you here you are saying, well, I'm going to be 60 and, you know, my kids are going to be 18. How will I keep up with them? But you are actively, and I'm getting better at this as I get older, but you're actively staying fit and training. Like, is this, do you have like a weekly schedule or a daily schedule? How does that work? No, I, I don't. I, I find it too hard to do that. So actually, that's not true. Um, when when my wife started going to school, Wednesday became a penciled in day to ride. So I know that one day a week, I have that time for myself. And that's been in, that's been invaluable. And like what you were saying, just just in that la- end of that last segment was like, um, you know, making the time scheduling the time when you can. It's like, yeah, it has to become a lot more conscious. You have to be more conscious about about making these these decisions and 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 the other thing was like um you have to just talk to your partner about it and it's it's like i'm gonna go for a ride see you later no it's not like that anymore it's like okay i want to go for a three-hour ride is now a good time or should i go in two hours from now like that's the way i try to approach it because i'm not an asshole i'm not going to just take off on my wife and leave her like because you know because I want her to do that kind of stuff too I want to go out with the girls for a walk is that okay can I go now like you know just bouncing it off your partner but so we don't have a schedule but it's but being physically active has always been it's just always been part of my life and you know I've been in good shape and in, in shitty shape but I've always rode bikes I've just always found so much joy and pleasure in doing that um, so I fit that in and also playing with the kids is just kind of fun. And, um, you know, I think that's what they get from dads is the, the rough play. Like, like we're generally things don't end well when we play. <laughs> someone always knocks skulls or gets hurt or- On the or trampoline, someone, probably. Or, or getting kicked in the junk all the time with those kids because they're, they're, they're learning how to play in that way, right? So they don't know that they're learning. Those, those are other boundaries. Totally, boundaries, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, you know, I can play pretty rough with the kids. And uh, like even yesterday, we were on the trampoline. And I just stopped for a second. It's like, oh, I need to take a break, man. I've been running at like 140 beats a minute here for like half an hour. I got to take a break. Well, they're going to keep us young, aren't they? That's why I always well, think like you're totally. driven more to stay fit yeah. because you want to keep up with the kids as well as you, you know, your whatever the passion is. Yeah, of course. And I want to stay like, I want to be able to do like um, well, something I heard on like a a Peter Atia podcast is like you want to be able to get down on the floor and play with your kids and be able to do that like if you you can if you can barely get out of your chair at say your job because you're sitting too much which I'd highly recommend getting a stand-up desk um you know if you're if you're having these issues and you can't play with your your kid you need to address those issues like I need to get in better shape or change my work environment or do something so that I'm taking care of my 
this 100%. one and only body that I have that's going to have to last the next you know few years and, and am sure. I going to be able to pick up my grandkids when they have grandkids like I want yeah. to stay it's so stay key. looking good you know fight so, the dad bod fight the dad fight bod. the dad bod it's just a mess <laughs> um, so listen you get your Wednesday for riding great but do you do are you exercising outside of that? do you have a run bike at home do you have anything like that that helps I don't have a trainer. I just go outside. And if I'm not, yeah. if I'm not riding outside and I've got a good set of lights, so I'm quite accustomed to, to riding in the dark, which happens quite a bit now that summer's upon us, we'll be up daylight more, but, but with the kids and the schedule, especially through the winter, um, I'd constantly be, uh, be, uh, riding at night. That's the thing for me is finding things that are really accessible now and, um, and not so for us, it's like, yeah, mountain biking. So we're having big discussions about getting mountain bikes, but it's money. It's not yeah. easy with that. Yeah. But we, my missus was a big mountain biker when she was younger. So she wants to get back into that. But yeah, just finding things that are really accessible to do. And, so, and sometimes acknowledging that some things I want to do and there is some climbing locally, but you know, it's, it's far, you know, you got to drive the distance anyway to find good, good climbing. Let me ask but you a no, question. Yeah, actually, as a climber, yeah, uh, I, I consider climbing a high risk activity. Did your level of uh, risk that you usually oh, assume on activities change? It's, it's changed, like yeah. in terms of backcountry skiing. I haven't done, haven't been doing it much, and I used to be doing it on a regular basis. But now, we we'll, we will get back there. But um, yeah, it's just the high risk factor of the avalanches, obviously. Um, so it's, it has changed. It has definitely yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how that changes. I think it changes a little bit with, with age as well. And but also yeah. I, you know, from a mountain biking standpoint, I can remember starting, you know, because I, I kind of biked in Squamish and Whistler, and you know, that's epic riding, right? And you know, I drop into some pretty crazy stuff there. And, and now when I get, whenever I go and visit, if I ride my bike in those areas, even on the island, I'll look at stuff completely differently now. Like I'll be, and, and I'll think to myself. Am I going to be able to pay my mortgage if I attempt? Oh this? yeah, well, that's like, thing, right. Yeah, the mortgage check. You know, yeah, it's yeah, just like totally. mm, not worth it today. <laughs> oh man, adulting, eh? Adulting. adulting for sure, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so listen, we're gonna to have to do a part two. I know that already because there's a bunch of things I want to chat about we haven't even got to. Um, super fun chatting. So I got one last question for you. Okay. Um, and that question would be. If you had advice for someone who is just about to start out as a dad, what kind of, what advice could you give them? Or even if you, oh, if you could tell yourself, whisper in your ear before number one came along. Uh, that's, that's a loaded question for me because, you know, I, I never really wanted to have children. Um, but, you know, I, I met a woman who was awesome and she wanted to have babies and we had babies. Uh, I guess <clears throat> make sure you, you really want it. Make sure you really want to have kids because um, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I think that um, you're going to make a lot of sacrifices and you're going to struggle with your identity. And I think another thing that kids do is, is they, they expose a lot of your weaknesses as a human, I find. Like I've never felt so exposed and, and cracked open than after I've had kids. So that sounds, that's heavy. I'm sorry to be so heavy. But it's like really want it, really, really want it, and uh, be ready for the the chaos. And it's what's funny is that as much of much of a struggle as having 
kids can be or is, I should say, there's these moments and they might get emotional. You get these moments and it erases all the bullshit, you know? Like they're so amazing, these little kids. Fuck, didn't want to cry, dude. You're gonna get me crying in a second here. That's my, therapist awesome. called, my therapist called me emotionally raw. <laughs> I love that. So, hey man, it's good to be authentic, is, right? Yeah. But it's, uh, it's been hard. It's been a hard road, a road to hold for me. And, but they have these moments like, you know, my daughter's giving me lip about something and I got sarcastic with her. I'm just like, oh, sure, Sloan. Let's just go and do that. That's a great idea. And we can, we can well, I don't know what it was. It was something super crazy. And she, there was a pause and she goes, dad, are you being sarcastic? <laughs> She's six, right? And I'm like, yes, good job. <laughs> you know, so they, <clears throat> so there's these moments that like, they're, they're just, they can be so difficult, but these, these small little moments happen that just make you so proud. And so like, okay, I think I'm on the right track. I think yeah. I'm doing something right if this is happening. So sorry, I got emotional there, but. No, man, it's good to be yeah. real. I and mean, you know what? Everything that you've talked about, I just think you are actually doing a really great job as a parent because you're so aware of yourself and everything around you that's going on. And Thanks, with that, you're working on it, right? Like, every day. You know anything? So I'm going to add another whisper in your ear before you, which you can, which you know anyway, but is the reminder too to anybody out there that's going to have a kid or is in the middle of it. Change is constant. You know, like it's everything changing. You think it's like you're in the worst and the thick of it, but in six months, it's going to be completely different. And I find that does help to make those days pass and move everything forward. But yeah, it's like, man. you know, the, the, sorry, there's just an endurance athletics thing. It's like for, for and I, I've said this so many times and I remember Leonard Pretorius saying he's the BC Epic organizer. For every low, there's always a high. There's always a high coming right after it. And it, it, it could be right now, it could be moments from now, or it could be a week from now, but whatever that high is gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna fill your buckets. So if, you know, when you feel really down and you feel you know, like, like useless or like you're flailing or stumbling around, it's like, you're gonna get it, it'll, it'll come around. And our kids are so, so adaptable. We don't give kids enough credit man, even like young, young children, they're, they're wired to survive and, and they're so adaptable and they're, and they're so understanding and so unconditionally loving that in a lot of ways, you know, it doesn't, they'll always love you. They'll always love you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to end. And I think you yeah. I a hundred percent agree. They're wired to survive and it's yeah. so, it is true, right? They're going to be okay. So sometimes give you, oh, yeah. I think everybody has to give themselves, you know, a bit of a breather sometimes when they're feeling like they're not being a good enough parent, because we all do feel like that at some point, but at the end of the day, yeah, if you're working hard at it and you're like you are, then you can't fail. Thanks, man. Nice Buddy, to hear that. I appreciate it. No, you're doing great. And it's been so fun to chat. And I mean it. Yeah. Let's, let's do this again because I've got much more with so many more things we can talk about uh, that we didn't even get to. So, yeah. Well, pencil me in, man. I know, I know you're probably a lot of people that you're talking to. And I think um, really honored to be involved in this little community that you've built. 
big community probably. And I think what you're doing is so important, Blue, like to, to bring information and, and just starting a conversation amongst dads where we can just learn the craft and, and be better dads and humans and people. Like what you're doing is great. So thank you. Thanks, buddy. No, great to talk. And uh, yeah. I can I can really hear the two-year-old uh, bounding up the stairs. Okay. <laughs> so uh, he, he's done well, though. He's done well. I'll go and give yeah, mom man. a bit of a break. But uh, yeah, right hey, on. man, have a good weekend. And uh, let's keep in touch. Yeah, pencil me in for another one. I, I can't Definitely. wait to talk, talk. That'd be awesome. Yeah, man. Right That's on. great. Cool. Okay. All right, Steve. Yeah, great to connect. You too. Have a good weekend. And now for a check-in with my favorite psychologist and fellow dad, Todd Kettner. So yeah, Steve, I had a really touching conversation with Steve um, and it was really interesting to hear his, and I think a lot of mums and dads, you know, both, both ways can, can relate to the struggle that he's had at times, um, you know, in that feeling of maybe he's just flailing. I, I called him on that a couple of times. I think he's doing a great job from everything I heard from him. Um, he's really working towards being, being a more conscious and aware parent. Um, but he, yeah, he gets frustrated. Um, and when he gets frustrated, he, you know, he, his, he can kind of feel himself, you know, kind of the anger coming to the surface. So he'll just leave the room. Um, and then the kids will always go and seek him out to find out what's wrong. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering why, why don't young kids listen? Um, are they testing you? Is it because they're learning, to make their own decisions and so and build their autonomy. I feel like my little one right now, little different to the first, I feel like he does that because honestly, I have to just wait almost 30 seconds. And then I, you know, come here, come over here now. I need to get your coat on. If I push him, it's, he's going to rub. But if I give him like 30, a little bit of space, he's sort of, it's like he's thinking about it. He won't even look at you and then he'll come over to you in his own time. So is that part of what's going on there? Or is it just they have hearing issues because they're young and whatever? <laughs> like, like what, what's going on there? Like, is that part of it, do you think? Is like, I'm trying my own boundaries here. You've got your boundaries, but here are mine. Like, what, is there something there? Yeah, spot on. And I'm almost, uh, you know, happy to guarantee not being an audiologist that their hearing is better than ours as we uh, approach middle <laughs> yeah, right. age and lose those high pitches and, you know. Yeah, it's what kids do. It's uh, um, they're testing things out. They're seeing where the limits are. They're following their own interests without the uh, neurobiological maturity to put the brakes on their impulses. So you, dad, dad wants them to get a coat on. Kid doesn't want to get the coat on. Kid's gonna do what the kid wants unless there's guidance, right? Unless there's kind of encouragement, the patience of it, right? Um, later on, you know, we're adults and, you know, someone says, hey, let's go. I'm in the middle of something. I don't feel like going, um, but I'll say, give me a minute. I'll be right there. Or I'll say, sure, I'll be right there. And I'll put a pause on what I'm doing. That's actually important because we've learned this ability and, you know, our prefrontal cortex is developed to the level that we can impede our natural, you know, animalistic impulses, which is to do what I want when I want, as long as I'm eating, breathing, sleeping, and, and uh, you know, 
carrying on the species, right? So yeah, totally natural. I like your uh, uh, way of trying to pause. I hope for my own sake as a, as a dad that you don't always get it perfect and that you sometimes go, get over here right now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, good, good. Makes you, you feel be, better. You got to be human. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, you know, that patience. And um, I remember you were you were sharing a little bit about your outdoor ed kind of experience, right? And uh, talking to teenagers uh, that actions have consequences, right? I'm a big one for that. I do bring that into the home for sure. Mm-hmm. And I've, I found that when my kids were that age, um, I sometimes overtalked that, right? Like actions have consequences. Kids got a two word vocabulary, you know, that's not going to sink in, but go for a walk and we'll pick some flowers. Oh, flowers. I know that I'll go for a walk. I'll get my coat on. Right. Or, you know, if you bite your sister again, you'll be in timeout. Well, of course, then we've got to follow through on those consequences. Um, the person who sort of said it best in in my life is this uh, psychologist I worked with. She was the director of a residential uh, treatment center for youth with severe addictions and behavioral disorders. And part of the education there was that you're in a 15-year-old, 17-year-old's body and you're doing some two-year-old behaviors. We need to kind of figure out how to go back and relearn how to um, play nice in the sandbox and then play nice in the in the high school gym and then play nice in life going forward, right? And I remember the first time I heard her say this, I was in a group therapy session with a bunch of guys, you know, 15 to 20. Um, half of them were there because the judge gave them an option, go to treatment or go to jail. You know, this isn't your first offense kind of thing. They'd all been through psychiatrists, psychologists, parents pulling their hair out. Um, they're in this year long treatment center and they're sitting around and uh, one kid had, had torn up his room and, you know, they had roommates and he didn't like the other guy and took the stuff off his bed and ripped up his magazine that his mom had sent him. And she turned to him and said, you know, we were talking about kind of adult behavior and kid behavior, you know, kind of where do you think you're at? And kind of hung his head because he cooled down. He says, that's kind of two-year-old behavior. And she said, yeah. And if you were one, I would change your diaper. But you're acting like a two-year-old. You shit your diaper. You clean it up yourself. What are you going to do? I thought that was a little harsh, you know? And then I was new to that environment and he kind of looked at her and and he came back the next uh, day and he had some ideas of how to fix the situation huh interesting yeah that does make sense yeah and it's interesting like i you're right it's like i'm really aware now as well of how i feel feel like i do a lot of growing up as a parent because i know that there's going to be a lot of mirroring of what i do as well Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. i I feel like that's part of my work as well to do is the continue mm-hmm. continual growth, which I think we always, it's never ending really. You know, I'm in my late 40. Well, I shouldn't say mm-hmm. that. I shouldn't age myself. But I'm, <laughs> I'm in my mid 40s. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting. And what I found myself doing in those moments where my child's not listening is 
is just taking a taking an extra breath. I do this actually. I did it just actually about an hour ago. Um, he was starting to get really wired up, and so I said, "Hey, let's just do that thing that we do—the breathing thing. Let's do three big breaths together, and then it helps me gather my thoughts." So that I don't get really frustrated and like, you know, it's like, come on, you've got to eat your food. It's, it's nearly nap time. Uh, that's where he is now. He's in a stroller getting a nap with mom. Um, but though, yeah, just little things like that. Like just take a couple of breaths. Cause yeah, I can't, you know, it can get really frustrating when they're not listening. And what did you think about Steve leaving the room and having the kid, just taking his own time out being like, you know what, I'm out of here. And the kids coming to him. I lo- I thought that was a nice thing. I thought, that was a good to show those human emotions be like, you know what, I'm not perfect. And I'm going to remove myself from the space right now. Yeah. I think it's a sign of the attachment that the kids are coming after him. Right. They, they, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. noticing and they're caring that dad is not okay. And they want to know how he's doing. Right. And then this is the tightrope we walk because we don't want them to feel too guilty about the situation and always being taken care of us as parents. Right. That's kind of our job is taking care of the kids. If we are modeling some of that, just like uh, you mentioned mirroring and modeling earlier, and now they're starting to notice and have empathy and come connect with us, great. At the same time, there's probably some room to enhance that a little bit by explaining as we leave why we're leaving. And that will, you know, I can just imagine saying, you know, you know what, uh, Clinton, that was not okay. And I've told you that before, and I'm really frustrated right now. You know, I love you. And I'm going to take a break right now, because I might say something that I don't want to say that might hurt your feelings, but I'm going to be back in five minutes. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll talk. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm going out in the yard, I'm going to split some wood, come find me and we'll make some kindling together. But I need 10 minutes. Here's the egg timer come find me in 10 minutes so that you know there's an explanation um so kids don't do that semi-automatic thing of dad doesn't like me because i'm a bad person he's going away yeah and start to get the message that we've had a difficulty either i've done something that's frustrated dad or dad's done something that's frustrated himself he needs space to cool down and it's going to be okay. It's the reconnection that's probably even more key than how we leave. Right. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. I'm going to use that one. That's really good. Because as my boy gets older, who seven, he's going to be eight this summer. You know, sometimes we have that. And it's usually, it's like hangry. It's summer. It's like 35 degrees. Everyone's a bit dehydrated and people get cranky. And there's been a couple of times where I've got so frustrated with him. And I really like that approach. That's a good one. Even the timer thing too, like setting, you know, so they know, okay, give, everyone's going to go into the separate rooms, drink water, have some snacks, and then let's come back together. Because right now we're all kind of having this moment and we're all going to reach breaking point. So let's just cool down. It's 35 degrees, whatever, right? Awesome. And, and you're naming some of the contributing factors without um, getting into an argument in doing that. You're just sort of naming them, you know, talking about a plan whether the kid likes the plan or not is kind of irrelevant there's the plan which would be different uh blue if you said well you know what i think you're so angry because you didn't have any snacks today and you're hungry and that's what your body does no it doesn't and i'm not hungry you're definitely a dad i can tell from just (laughs) (laughs) and and it's the same with our partners right like 
um, we do need space. Like the key is to say we're taking space and to have even a brief plan for coming back. You know what? I'm so angry right now that I just need space to breathe. I'm going for a bike ride. I'm going to come, you know, work this through with you or resolve it or reconnect with you um, in 30 minutes. And if you plan that ahead of time that we each have this um, safety valve, it works really well, which is a very different thing than just stomping up the stairs or going out the front door and slamming the door and, you know, is, are they coming back? How mad are yeah, they? I was going to say there's on? a fear, isn't there? Yeah. It could be a fear yeah. with a young child. Of Absolutely. Like, oh, that sense of loss. Yeah. That's awesome. That was really good. I really, yeah, appreciate that feedback. And um, yeah, I'm sure there's some people out there as well that can take something from that, from this conversation today. Uh, yeah, you can take great. it one more level. Uh, sorry. sorry yeah, yeah. There, Blue. You can sort of take it to the, you know, the pro level by um, having these conversations with our kids as we go and say, you know what, um, here's what I'm trying to teach you to do. Here's what I want. I want to do it too when I need it. Hopefully I won't need it as much because I'm an adult and I've been doing it a lot longer. Um, but you know what, if you see me getting really frustrated and you think I need to go for a walk, I'm going to tell you right now that it's okay for you to tell me that. Okay. And I may not like it when I hear it, and it may make me a little bit frustrated, but if you catch me and you think I need a little time out, let me know I need a little time out and we'll see what we can do, right? Because yeah. then you're talking about, you know, planning ahead. You're talking about foresight. You're talking about uh, relationship in the context of the whole spectrum of human emotion. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, building building a kid's empathy and like yeah it's got to be a great way to set them up for success in their own relationships down the road right spot on spot on great well once again thanks so much todd that was awesome thanks for having me on blue it's always great to uh, chat about kids and dadding and uh, the complexities thereof thanks for joining us this week on dad without borders a full list of episodes can be found at dadwithoutborders.com and for updates follow on instagram at Dad Without Borders. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Google, or radio.com. While you're at it, if you enjoyed listening or you know any dads that might find value in this show, please share the podcast with your friends. Dad Without Borders will be back next week with another dad and further insights with Todd Kettner.